listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. This is a really exciting episode. We're actually going to speak to a guest who was part of a Nobel Prize winning science team, climate scientist Diane Seidel. And she's going to talk to us about how she actually transitioned from working within this team to actually becoming an ESL teacher at the age of 60. And it's a really inspiring story. So I hope you're able to listen and learn from the interview this week. Um, a big thank you again to um, everyone for your amazing feedback on last week's episode with Katie. Uh, we talked about extracurricular classes and subject classes, um, and she also shared with her her um, you know her business of helping teachers with social media, especially breaking into the market in China. So if that's something you might be interested in, feel free to go back and take a listen, or alternatively look in the description um, for the links where you can find her website as well. Um, feel free to take a look at that because that's really useful and helpful for our teaching community too. Um, if you're not a subscriber yet, do feel free to subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes. You can just click the link on your podcast app um, so that you get all the new episodes every Wednesday as they drop. And again, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, we have a few more episodes left to record this season. If you'd like to join us, you can just go to the website esl-talk.com. There you'll find the button at the top, be a guest. Just fill in a couple of quick little details and then you should be able to, um, you know, get through to me. I'll be able to reach out to you and book a time um, to schedule an interview. If you would like to talk to me about anything related to ESL, the world of English teaching or a project that you're really passionate about. Um, today we'll hear about uh, Diane and her transition from climate science to ESL teaching. Um, she also went on to write a book as well, which is amazing, which she'll talk to us about. Um, and we'll, we'll obviously share that link in the description too. Um, if you are looking for resources, materials, and you want to cut down on planning and preparation time as a teacher, feel free to check out our sponsor, esl-curriculum.com. That's crystal clear ESL. We can get access to 600 plus interactive, high quality English materials um, for your students. This covers everything from kids to speaking, to writing, to IELTS, to business English. It's all covered there. And you can get started with a free two-week trial. You can just click the link at the bottom of this episode description or go to esl-curriculum.com to find out more. 
And then finally, before we get into today's interview, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. And also on YouTube, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and type ESL Talk Podcast. So let's get started with today's interview. Let's hear from our special guest, Diane Seidel. Hear about her transition from the world of climate science to the world of ESL teaching at the age of 60. Really inspiring stuff. Here we go. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Hello, Diane. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. My pleasure, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you with us and to learn a little bit about your story. Um, so first of all, I think a listener would really love to know um, a little bit about your background in science and how you transitioned from science into ESL teaching. Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I grew up in the I'm in my 60s now. I grew up with sort of the dawn of the environmental movement, and I was interested in getting, making my career focus on environmental uh, protection. So long story short, I ended up as a climate scientist. I have degrees in atmospheric science and meteorology, and I spent my entire working career uh, doing research on climate change. I, I worked for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which is the U.S. agency that deals with weather and climate issues and ocean issues as well. And um, after more than 30 years, uh, I retired from that that work. If you're interested, I can tell you what my specialty area was, but I'm not so sure that your your listeners would be would be interested to know. It, I think it'd be really interesting to know because it it can help us connect to you know talking about your transition to ESL teaching. So yeah, sure, okay. please do share. Okay, I'm not sure that there is a strong connection, but my specialty area was weather balloons. If you wow. know what those are, 
and 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 my um, my work focused on using the observations from these throwaway weather balloons, which are which are ways of observing the atmosphere for for weather forecasting, and seeing if we could interpret that data, that long history of many decades of weather balloon data to understand climate change, which isn't wow. what those instruments were made to do. So, um, you know, over the course of many years, I, I used weather balloon data, we call them radio signs, to, to understand climate change from the surface of the Earth through the lower atmosphere, up through the tropopause, into the stratosphere, yada, yada, yada. Wow. Um, but that, that was my very niche area of expertise in the world of climate research. Well, you know, you can always teach this and talk about this process to potential students. And, um, you know, it's it's actually can connect in some ways. I guess you'd have to simplify it. But um, the process could definitely be be taught, I would say, as well, which is fascinating. Um, OK, so again, you've talked about all these experiences as a scientist. How did these influence your how did these kind of influence your teaching style and your approach to ESL teaching now? Um, I think so. There, there isn't a strong connection between my my scientific research and my current teaching, but but I think that the, the link that's there is that uh, so in science, as you as you progress through your career, usually you have an opportunity to engage with younger scientists, maybe as, as an actual teacher or professor, uh, or maybe just mentoring people, and uh, and I had. A little bit of both of those experiences. I, I did do a little stint teaching at a university locally, um, and I had a number of uh, younger colleagues, uh, students from high school age through college, postdoctoral students, and then just early career scientists that I, you know, tried to help, um, you know, get their younger colleagues that I worked with uh, starting out in their career. And I think that was part of my my work that I enjoyed the most, you know seeing them grow in the field, seeing them understand things and, 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 and learn. Uh, so that was a, a kind of teaching that I really enjoyed. Um, I've always enjoyed learning languages myself, apart from my scientific work. And so the idea of teaching English as a second language or English for speakers of other languages, whichever term you prefer, uh, mm -hmm. made sense in that respect. It combined teaching with my interest in, in language learning. And, and I also really just like the English language. I like, I'm kind of a, a picky person about the language and I, I, I I want to help people learn to uh, speak it well, write it well, and 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 be uh, be as fluent as they can be. Amazing. Um, so you've kind of mentioned that you know science or your field wasn't necessarily that related to teaching. So what were some challenges that you found when you're making that transition and making that leap? Well. Um, one big difference, so, so I first started teaching as a volunteer and I was teaching English uh, to adults, to adult immigrants uh, coming here to the Washington DC area from all over the world. Um, and uh, I loved that, but the, the challenges there were um, basically being on as a teacher in front of a classroom. Right. Uh, as opposed to you know sitting in my office or or you know deciding when to do things as as it seemed reasonable, just you know class starts at x o'clock and from x o'clock to y o'clock you you got to be there and, and you have mm -hmm. to be actively engaged with your students all that time and that was different that was almost like it was almost like being 
on stage, although of course you're not a performer as a teacher, but but nevertheless that was a that was an initial challenge for me. It took some getting used to, uh, but but I rose to the challenge. I think the other challenge I had was um, working uh, later, and and my most one of my more recent uh, bits of teaching was with much younger people, including kids in kindergarten and recently kids in middle school in. Um, Thailand first and then in Italy. And um, that was challenging <laughs> in both cases, just uh, dealing with, with young people and the energy that they have and the, the kinds of um, attitudes that they have sometimes, yeah. especially That's the middle schoolers. Uh, yeah, I was used to dealing with serious, you know, adult people who, who uh, you know, could sometimes be difficult, but quite different engaging with kids. So that, that was imagine. fun. And, yeah. uh, and I, uh, it was challenging, but also very gratifying, you know, because kids learn so fast. It's really exciting. They do. They do. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we, we're, we sometimes don't really prepare ourselves for that difference in energy levels. And you need to constantly keep young learners busy, keep their hands busy, keep them moving, you know, in terms of what they're doing. So it, it's a really difficult process and it does take time to to be effective at doing. Um, so obviously with your background in science, you know, how has this given you a unique perspective on teaching and learning and how do you kind of connect that when you can or where you can? Well, um, so Daniel, uh, I think many scientists, myself included, we tend to be rather methodical mm -hmm. in, in our approach to the world. You know, there's a problem here. How are we going to devise a solution to a way to answer a question that makes sense and that doesn't leave too many holes in, 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 the, in our understanding? And, and preparing things, preparing whatever it is so that we can gather all the materials we need to then investigate a problem. I think that aspect of organizing my thoughts, organizing materials, um, preparing, uh, preparing to do a job was really a helpful thing to have when I, when I started teaching. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I rarely wing it. I, I always have a lesson plan. <laughs> of course, it's lesson plan sometimes has to be uh, has to be abandoned or, or, or modified as as we as we see how it in, unfolds. But but that organizational skill and um, I, I think that's probably the biggest uh, carryover between these two aspects of my my life's work. Mm -hmm. no that's that's always it's always good to be prepared especially as a new teacher and and even experienced teachers it's always good to have plans or things that you can do um so that you have kind of a foundation so i would definitely advise all our listeners to always be prepared when you're starting out um so you've actually written a book and uh this is kind of one thing i wanted to go a little bit deeper into with you today diane um could you talk a little bit about your book and, and how it relates to your experience as a retiree turned esl teacher uh, sure, uh, happy to. So the book is entitled Kindergarten at 60, mm -hmm. semicolon, subtitle, A Memoir of Teaching in Thailand. So it, it, um, it chronicles my experiences in 2019 to 2020 after I had retired um, and my husband also had retired. Uh, I, at the time, it, before this period, I was teaching English, as I mentioned, in Washington. I talked to my husband, who was also interested in trying to teach at the same school. Uh, so he was teaching there, too. We both decided we loved it, and we wanted to see if we could combine our teaching with travel. So, um, 
so we got certifications. We got CELTA certified at Teaching House in Washington, D.C., and then started applying for jobs to teach abroad. Um, I can tell you the long version, but the short version is we ended up in Thailand. It was definitely not where we wanted to end up, but that's where we ended up. And 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 we ended up teaching kindergarten, which is also not what we wanted to do. Right. We were hoping to teach grown-ups like we do here in Washington, uh -huh. people who can sit in a chair and don't wear diapers and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and whose energy levels are manageable. <laughs> Anyhow, we ended up teaching kindergarten in Thailand, and that's what the book's about. We 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 spent about five months there. Uh, our contract ended March 3rd of 2020. We returned, oh, excuse me, March 1st of 2020. We returned home, uh, and 10 days later, uh, our area went into COVID quarantine. Right. Uh, so hence the book, because um, the school where I had been teaching before closed down for a few months before then reopening online, all of my other activities uh, were as your activities and all your listeners activities uh, were put in hiatus for a bit and um, basically inspired by the reaction of friends and family to the messages that we had sent home from Thailand about our adventures there who all said, you've got to write a book about this. <laughs> and, and given all the free time and the need to stay away from other people that I had, um, I took advantage of the pandemic and, and wrote this book. And it's coming out um, in June of this year. Amazing. This is great. And this is perfect timing. Um, so we'll definitely drop the, the details about that in the description in the bio for the episode. Um, so if you are interested in, in finding that, then you can. And we'll drop all the links in there for, for our listeners as well. It's amazing, and um, I'd really, I'm really interested and curious about this. Now, I'd like to read a little bit more, hopefully, and find out about your story, Diane. So, yeah. what advice would you give to other individuals who are maybe considering teaching ESL abroad, especially later in life? Yeah, so I, I think Daniel, the especially later in life part of your question is, I think, the relevant part because, as you know, I'm sure many of your your listeners know, it's not too hard for a young person to teach abroad. Uh, a young person who, who's, for whom English is their mother tongue uh, can easily find a position in many parts of the world teaching even without any experience. You can go right. places and get certified and, and, and be dropped into a classroom with no experience at all and, and get going. I, and that's what we expected to find when we started applying for positions too, not realizing that it's not the same for older people as it is for, you know, people just out of college or, or, you know, mid-career people. Uh, we ran into um, a lot of obstacles, including right. age restrictions in many countries that have mandatory mm -hmm. retirement ages. Um, we also just weren't getting any nibbles from places that um, that we thought we had good qualifications for. We had experience, we had certifications, we had life experience, which we right. thought would be respected in, in some countries, but very few few responses. So given that background, um, it doesn't mean that the opportunities aren't there. There are opportunities. And, and here's what I would suggest. One is um, if you're interested in, in teaching ESL abroad, uh, do, do the research to figure out what what countries may be welcoming to you, um, and 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 focus there. Secondly, mm -hmm. um, think about whether whether you wanting wanting to go for uh, you kind of make a permanent move and find a full time job and career, 
Or maybe do you have a, a shorter term intention like, like we did? We didn't really want to, uh, you know, pack up and, and make a move elsewhere. Right. But we wanted a, we wanted more than a tourist experience. We wanted to live someplace for a little while, but we knew we'd be coming home. So uh, we looked for programs that could help us um, find placements. Uh, we ended up teaching in Thailand under a, a program that finds you paid positions. But after after the pandemic uh, sort of waned, just recently, this past February, we did a different kind of um, teach abroad program, which was a volunteer effort. So we went to Sicily for a little while to teach middle school English um, mm -hmm. as volunteers. So mm -hmm. I, I think actually that in future, uh, for us, um, we probably will focus on those kinds of opportunities much easier to the, the logistics are much easier. The commitments are shorter. And, um, you know, as a volunteer, you're treated a little bit differently than an employee. People yeah. tend to be very grateful for, for what you're doing in their community and, um, and you're welcomed with such open arms. So, uh, mm -hmm. we had a great experience in Sicily and, and I would suggest to, folks listening that um, if that's appealing, uh, there are opportunities there that are much less restrictive than, than the job opportunities, the, play, the paid employment opportunities. That is good to know. And that's very encouraging because we, we do hear sometimes that it's, you know, people who are a little bit older find it difficult to, to find those positions or they don't hear anything, like you said. So it's encouraging that there is, you know, opportunities for them. And um, just to Keep a positive mindset and try to you know research and, and find things available because there definitely are things available like you said so what were some of the misconceptions that came up about teaching esl and, and how did you address them misconceptions well um i'll speak about my own yeah. misconception. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh so Having um, done the CELTA program, which is very strongly focused on methodologies and, and lesson planning and different ways to teach different aspects of language, reading, listening, speaking, writing, vocabulary, whatever, um, uh, I, I found in Thailand uh, that um, when you're dealing with very young children, none of that is particularly applicable basically uh well in my case i, I should say right. um i uh, basically i learned that young learners are little sponges and immersion in the language is is well it's the natural way to pick up the language yes. and so lesson planning <laughs> uh, using all the all the rubrics that i had been taught and was so so diligent in, in trying to implement uh, was not necessary. So I, I was misinformed there and uh, I, I, I was amazed at how I was teaching in a in an English immersion kindergarten. Our Thai students had um, had two hours of Thai language a week and two hours of Chinese a week, but otherwise they were they were surrounded by English all day long from eight in the morning till three thirty in the afternoon. Wow. And uh and they they were pretty darn good in English uh at ages two and a half, three, four. That's that's when kindergarten starts in Thailand. Uh and and they understood not just me and my husband who speak an American dialect, but also other teachers from South Africa who had uh much different accents and from the philippines uh, do, and these kids were just great with it so um 
that was a big misconception for me. And, and, and that was just stupidity on my part, really. I, I, never, I didn't have any experience teaching little children. And so I should have known that, but it, it, I had to be there to realize that. I see. So how, how would you say making this change, you know, and doing some teaching, how did that really enrich your life, you know, personally and professionally? How do you feel it just complemented what you've done previously? Oh, wow. Well, I, I mean, it, it, for me, it's a wonderful second act. I mean, uh, whether it's here in D.C. with, with the, the adults uh, or, or abroad with kids, every person I interact with, all of these students, you, they make their way into my heart. Their, um, their needs, especially, I, I would say, the immigrants here, uh, you know, no, learning their stories, what their goals are, what their hopes are, and then working with them to help them realize their hopes and dreams. It's, it's, it's so gratifying and it's so, um, it's so wonderful. So you, you develop a, a kind of friendship with your students that is, is, is really wonderful. The kids, you know, I only spent you know, less than half a year with these children, but all of them have been seared into my into my soul. Their little faces totally. I'll never forget. Yeah. So it's it's super enriching and it's quite different from from my previous work, which is rather cerebral. Um, and and I spent a lot of my time working on my own and and right. uh, not so much in community this way. So it's it's a wonderful change. It is, and and like you said, you know, if you can play a, a, just a very small part in helping someone in their life journey, and you mm -hmm. know, being being that person that believes in them, encourages them, supports them to achieve their goals, then it's mm -hmm. it's priceless, right? And that's that's what it's all about, um, for me at least anyways. Um, Absolutely. So what would you say, what are your future plans going forward? And, and, you know, what are you wanting to achieve or what are you wanting to continue to do in the world of ESL and ESL teaching in the future? Mm -hmm. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I do hope to be able to uh, take advantage of some of these volunteer teach abroad programs. Um, for me, it's a great way to combine uh, the teaching, bringing that to other communities with, you know, the kind of classic retirement, see the world uh, mm -hmm. thing, but but not in a touristic way. We, these programs tend to be in communities that aren't on the on the uh, you know top ten must see of of, of every country list. Uh, they tend to be in poor uh, locations and and things like that. And it's wonderful to be embedded in those communities for a little while. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I, I love teaching um, here in Washington, and I, I hope to continue teaching at Washington English Center for as long as they'll have me. That's also a volunteer gig, and, and I, you know, I, I just adore it. Um, I didn't mention, but I, I, I will now, that I also teach yoga. Oh, wow. And, Amazing. And I teach a class, actually, um, called Let's Learn English and Yoga Together. Uh, I teach, this is here in Washington. I don't mm -hmm. do this with the kids because <laughs> yoga, you have to keep children moving at a much more rapid pace than in yoga class. <laughs> but but it's, um, this actually may be of interest to some of your listeners. Um, the teaching yoga and giving verbal instructions along with physical demonstrations and having students do things with their bodies when they're saying words. Mm -hmm. um, as, as I'm sure you know, Daniel, uh, there's a kind of synergy between the 
yep. physical and the mental learning that goes yep. on and uh and and it, it's beautiful. Uh, so I have a whole little syllabus of, of one one terms worth, you know, eleven week program of of gradually building up yoga skills along with English skills in a in a club. It's it's a club program at our school, and um, and I, I hope to continue doing that as long as I can as well because. Uh, it's just, it's useful for the students, not just in terms of their yoga and their English learning, but just in terms of having a, an hour of of me time, sort of, yeah, especially for people. Yeah, as well. As, me? But it's not just it's not just you know exercise or learning. It's also some mindfulness for the students as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 And many of our students have, are are you know fleeing difficult situations in their home countries or challenging or facing challenging situations getting settled in this country so so having that one hour of of mindfulness as you say is is really a gift for them yeah that's that's really you know it's really incredible what you've managed to put together and and something like that you might you might think like oh it's just yoga and we're just going to learn some english well actually you're actually going into the approaches of total you know tpl total physical response you're actually embedding those skills through movement, which has is proven to be a really effective way to learn a language. So um, it sounds like you're doing great things and this is really inspiring to, to hear this, Diane. So um, how can our listeners connect with you and how can we find out more about you or you know get in touch with you about what you do, about your book? Um, so I do have a website. It's www.dianesidel.com. There's information there about the book. Um, the book is available now uh, for pre-order mm -hmm. through all the classic places that you can pre-order books. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a contact me button on my website if people want to reach out. Um, and uh, and I'm on various social media platforms as well. Although. Uh, it's a specific question probably best to go to the yeah. website and, and use Fantastic. That so yeah underneath the episode description we will add your um your website so people can get in touch with you and also obviously the the link for the book as well so people can take a look at that and pre-order it if they wish yeah. that's amazing thank you so much for your time dan it was great to speak to you today and learn a little bit about your journey uh daniel thank you for having me it was a pleasure speaking with you and uh uh yeah thanks for your interest a huge thank you to Diane for joining us to interview in this week's episode. And again, please do feel free to check the description underneath to visit Diane's website and pre-order your copy of her book, Kindergarten at 60, a memoir of teaching in Thailand. The link will be added below, so do take a look at that if you would like. And I'm really, you know, inspired to hear the story of Diane who went from, you know, a very successful career in science, working with a Nobel Prize winning team, to transitioning to teaching and really just doing it for the love and the passion for it, you know, not motivated by the money um, or, you know, the, the fame as such just for something new, a new challenge and a new process. And going to teach kindergarten in Thailand, you know, must be a very, very difficult challenge. But again, it sounds like something that she really loved um, and it seems like something she's going to continue to do in the future as well. So thanks a lot for that interview and for that chat, Diane. Um, really insightful and really inspiring um, discussion. So before we wrap up for this week's episode, again, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. If you have any questions and you'd like to get in touch with us via email, you can do so, ESL Talk Podcast at gmail.com. 
You can also get all the info on all the previous episodes on our website, esl-talk.com. And of course, you can also apply to be a guest. So if you'd like to join us for a future episode, you can do so. Just click the button, be a guest on the website, and you can fill in a couple of short details. I will then definitely get in touch with you um, to follow up and schedule interview time. So I look forward to that as well. And then just finally, if you are looking for materials, you want to cut down on prep time, uh, you want to have really good interactive, high quality resources, our sponsor esl-curriculum.com will help you with that with a two-week free trial covering all different levels, all different abilities, um, and just really easy, fast, you know, well-prepared lessons. Um, lots of different courses covered from kids to business English to IELTS to speaking to writing. Um, a lot of it is on there. So do take a look at that if you have a chance as well. And if you have any other questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out. We always appreciate them. And if not, thank you so much for joining. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes on Spotify and Apple um, iTunes. And we will see you next week for another brand new episode. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.